need. I can't learn enough. So, so thank you. Thank you. Kristen, so good to see you. It's been it a is, while. It has been a very long while. So you are out east? I am in New Hampshire in the snow. Um, I brought my mom here yesterday, and she's going to be with my brother through the holidays. Um, I actually fly back tomorrow if the skies will open up and allow me to get back to Wisconsin. And then I'll be with my kids this week for Christmas. Um, well, actually through the 24th. And mm-hmm. then Darren and I leave on the 26th for a honeymoon. A honeymoon. We married, uh, we eloped two years ago, Holly, during oh, COVID. How October. cute. And this is the first chance and a second marriage for both of us. So um, we're getting away to the Dominican Republic, sunshine, ocean. Oh my gosh. Um, so You're mom, thawing out, huh? I'm going to thaw out. Um, but I had to make sure my mom was taken care of. She lives with me, Holly. She's 84, has some mm-hmm. memory issues. Um, and so she really can't be in the house alone and I wouldn't want her to be in the house alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so we traveled yesterday um and it's beautiful I mean I love snow when I don't have to do a thing like I don't have to right right exactly yeah I I totally agree it's pretty to look at I'm not much about rolling around in it anymore (laughs) yeah I can relate to that yeah when as a kid I love I could play outside in the snow for hours I mean I loved sledding Mm -hmm. tobogganing ice skating you name it you know I would stay out there until I was like an ice cube before my mom would drag me in the house. But uh, those days are past. Now I just feel arthritic and achy. <laughs> well, I can relate to that too. I am not making snow angels today. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, it's snowing still here where I live in Oconomowoc. Okay. And we've probably gotten a couple inches of snow out here since last night. So it's pretty. Um, the dog doesn't like it, but he'll get through it (laughs) we all will cope right well Well, i'm just so honored to be asked to be on your podcast this is going to be so much fun stephanie i am so glad that you uh decided that you wanted to be part of this i think you've got a great story to tell i think the work that you're doing right now is fantastic and um so uplifting Um, and it would be great to plug you into our audience and, um, you know, talk a little bit about, again, we're just, you've, you've heard the podcast. We're pretty relaxed. We're going to ask you about your story. You go in any direction you want, and we will jump in and ask follow-up questions. Um, but really you get to, you get to put your, um, yourself out there and, and talk about the things that are important to you. And um, I know that your work with women is extremely important to you. So obviously, I believe you are going to highlight a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's going to happen is I'm going to go ahead and um, get us kicked off. I'll read the short <clears throat> bio that you gave us. Okay. Um, we do our own editing. So if at any point you're like, I don't like the way that sounded or I want to correct that, you just stop and say that and we go we'll back it. and it's not a big deal. We uh have the have the technology to take out all the ums and ahs and nice. duplicate words. So it's it's uh super easy to to do that. So we aim for about twenty-five to thirty minutes of okay. 
togetherness um, from a content <laughs> perspective. So we will probably <clears throat> go about 45-ish, maybe 50 minutes. And now that we've got about six or seven under our belt already and everybody's warmed up and got our voices and me, 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 me. <clears throat> <laughs> You're too funny. Yeah, so I well, love I'm, just, it. I'm still getting over the um the crud that I picked up from the kids while I was out there for Thanksgiving. So that cough is going around. It, it well that and going back into an office a few days a week just yeah. So Oh yeah, you were pretty isolated. Now you're exposed again. Exactly. I had to go to two of the grandkids um Christmas concerts this week mm-hmm. and I wore a mask. I said, this feels like walking into a Petri dish. Oh, I'm sure. They're in the first and the second grade. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like, and then don't Petri. touch anything. Yeah. Don't touch anything. Wash my hands. As soon as I got the sanitizer going, as soon as I got out <laughs> to the car, it was ridiculous. So, all right. All right. You, you are you ready? Kicked off. I'm ready. Sure. All right. And you, and you want to be Stephanie O'Connell? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, Thank you very much for joining us today on Uplifting Women. This is Kristen Strunk here with my co-host. Holly Tesca. And we are thrilled today to have Stephanie O'Connell with us. Stephanie is an intuitive change coach. She has over 30 years of experience consulting, mentoring, and teaching in change, communication, and transformation. She has worked within major corporations such as Harley-Davidson Motor Company, Baxter International, CCC Information Services, and Anderson Consulting. She has a master coach. She is a master coach and energy healer with authentic living. She holds an MS degree from Pepperdine University in organizational development and a BS in communications from Northwestern University. Stephanie specializes in helping women identify and achieve their goals by shining light on their challenges and developing step-by-step approaches to helping them get unstuck and learning how to use their strengths to move forward and realize their full potential. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Kristen and Holly. It truly is a pleasure um, to be talking about uplifting women which is so relevant right now. Actually, what's happening um, in a broader perspective is a rise in feminine power. And, you know, there's a there's a balance of power between masculine and feminine. And we always try to be balanced. But I would say over, I don't know how far to go back on the planet Earth, we have been much more in a masculine energy for decades. And it is time to bring the feminine energy in collaboration with the masculine. I'm not saying that it's going to overtake it, but we definitely need the energies that come with the feminine, which is collaboration and communication, empathy, um, tapping into our emotional intelligence while we achieve and produce and deliver. And we're finding that we need both. Um, And I think I've been thinking a lot about the last two years in particular, because I personally stepped out of the corporate scene um, back in 2020, in July of 2020. And I think a lot of people um, found themselves in different situations with the rise of COVID. And it really threw many of us into a lot of uncertainty. 
um, uncertainty as to what was going to happen, but also just who, who am I? I mean, I personally went through a little bit of an identity shift. I won't say crisis, <laughs> although I'm of the age where in the books they could say I was eligible for a midlife crisis. But, you know, if I'm not in this corporate environment producing an organization development, who am I really? Um, and I went through quite an adjustment personally about what am I meant to focus on here in this world? How can I contribute? What impact do I want to have? And it keeps coming back to helping people thrive in uncertainty. And the way to do that is through being your most authentic self. And I wasn't my most authentic self for many, many years in work. I felt I had to be what everybody else wanted me to be, whether it was the consultant or the manager or the supervisor or the team-oriented employee. And I was in a way playing roles, wearing hats, um, doing what I thought was the right thing to do in that environment. And in and of itself, it, it's not bad to play along at all. It's actually a good thing. You get stuff done, but not at the expense of my own self, my own beliefs, my own values, and my own voice. And so I didn't speak my truth for many, many, many years. I have since learned that I have something to say. And I, I think a lot of women have something to say. And it's time for us to speak up about how we can rebalance things in our world. That's awesome, Stephanie. So I'm, I'm really curious, what was, what was the thing that brought you to this realization that you weren't showing up authentically? And how did you start to create the shift to move to a place where you felt more authentic to your own identity? So I, I just felt very low energy at first. Like I was exhausted all the time. And I remember my, my little ones, when I have twins, when they were like five or six, they started, you know, they parrot back your own words and they started saying, oh, but you're too tired. You're too tired. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what my kids hear me saying all the time. I'm tired. I'm too tired. So I'm like, well, why am I so tired? And some of it was because I was putting so much energy into being someone else. And it was actually showing up as fatigue in me. Cause I, I, you know, I checked my, you know, nutrition and vitamins and there wasn't any illness that I was experiencing. There was no medical reason why I was so tired other than all the energy I was putting into not being me. So that was my first aha. So then I sought solutions in the energy world. I started going through energy healings, learning about energy. What could I do to boost my own energy, whether it be smoothies or vitamins or this or that. And really what happened was I realized the more I was myself, the less energy it took to live my daily life. And I'm like, I think I'm onto something here where I, if you don't have to pretend, if you don't have to hold back, if you don't have to bite your tongue, all those efforts to contain who you are, it actually is pretty easy to live your daily life. And so that's what got me onto it, Holly. But I would say then um, 
there were a lot of tools I need because you don't just one day, you know, hide yourself for 30 years and then show up and speak your truth to your boss. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a progression that we need, right? Of um, And at first I was very klutzy at it because I hadn't been expressing my needs, my truth. It was uh, almost like I was writing with the opposite hand in a way, you know, like I'm right-handed, but ooh, when I started speaking my truth, it was really klutzy and messy and, and all that good stuff. But the benefits now, and actually I think I had to leave the corporate setting, create a physical removal boundary for me to develop the tools and the structure for me to speak my own voice. I don't think everybody needs to do that. I needed to do it um, so that I could build my abilities to be authentic. And I do have so much more energy now. I'm still working a lot, but I'm not fatigued. That's really cool. I love it. And I know Kristen's got a ton of questions for you too, but thank you for that because I think uh, I went through a similar experience myself and had to almost cocoon for a period of time to figure out what was it that was sapping my energy. And you're right. It's that shift and refinding yourself and the energy that it takes to not be yourself is more than people can even imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Takes a lot of effort. And I think that as we as women, especially, right, as people who identify as women, I think that there is even more pressure sometimes to show up in a way that doesn't align with who you are. Because I would say that sometimes we all, to your point, Stephanie, we all have to play roles. We all have roles and responsibilities that we fit into. And maybe it's even more so around the alignment of does this fit into the bigger picture of who I want to be overall? But I'm curious about how how far was that gap? How big was that gap between how you were showing up day to day to execute in the way that you thought everybody wanted you to? And once you realized your authentic voice, how big was that gap? in terms of what you had to change for yourself? You know, it, it varies by decade, I have to say. (laughs) So, and part of what got me started on this was my first role at Anderson Consulting, where I started to get some really um, wacky feedback. I don't know what else to call it, where um, I would get feedback, like, you know, in performance reviews, you seem like a really nice person, Stephanie. Are you sure that's how you want to be perceived? And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was taught to be a nice person. Now that's not right in this environment. And I think the feedback, the gist of the feedback was that maybe I needed to be firmer or maybe, um, I don't know, stern. I didn't know what it meant, but I'm like, but I knew that something about my, I'm, I'm a feeler, I emote, and that was not okay in the environment, you know, showing too much emotion. Um, And so that was a big one for me where um, to kind of clamp that down for decades was really hard. That took a lot of energy because I'm an empath. I have a lot of feelings to share. 
Um, it's kind of like you don't cry at work and holding all that back um, was was a learning. And and I think I it was a good thing in many cases, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. So that's an example of something that took quite a bit of energy. Um, I'm actually uh, kind of a more intuitive, big picture thing. So details and organization takes a lot of energy for me. You know, for those that know the Myers-Briggs type indicator, I'm a P, which means I like to flow. I'm not the natural organizer, but to be successful in business and have project plans and deadlines, I had to really work at that. So in many aspects of my job, I was really tasked to do things that were very, very different than how I would do it. Now, you could say, well, why did you pick that as your career if it was not so aligned? Well, I didn't have that insight earlier on to know that maybe there might have been some other career choices that would have been more aligned. Um, but I, it really was my 20s, 30s, 40s, I would say a lot of effort. I think once I got closer to my 50s, I think I started to relax and go, hey, I'm 50. It's time for me to be who I am. And, you know, if you see a tear coming down my eye, you know what? Get over it. <laughs> so I think I kind of got to the point where I thought, okay, but I will tell you for those other three decades, um, I was holding back quite a lot. I think it was a very big gap um, as far as who I am and what I felt. And I'm also a people pleaser. So I wouldn't necessarily rock the boat or speak my mind, especially if an authority figure was telling me to do something a certain way. And again, I think I got more comfortable um, speaking up in my 40s, 50s to say I, and I felt why I could do that was I had enough experience under my belt at that point where I knew certain things would not pan out well if it went the way it was going. But again, back early first two decades of my career, mm -mm, I was really holding back. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting perspective to have in terms of those gaps and in, in where you are in your life journey and understanding that, that that sometimes changes and, and recognizing the authentic nature of where you are versus where you come from. And when you've talked about this, you've talked about it in terms of uncertainty. So is it even the uncertainty of, I know what I want to be doing. This is what I am doing. There is a gap. If I'm going to take a leap and make a change or do something differently that creates uncertainty, how do you, how do you help guide people through some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's the known, which is I'm not really comfortable. I'm a little bit of a fish out of water. But do I leap out of this fishbowl and go to a different fishbowl, which I think will be more aligned? And what I would say is how how I tend to help people navigate that is um, what what do you know for certain? What you know for certain is your own skills and capabilities. So now we have to go inside because the outside world, there's so many things out of our control. Um, but inside, if we tap into, I know what's true to me, I know my value set, I know my skills, 
I know my capabilities, I know my work ethic, all those things, those are going to go with you wherever else you go. Um, What I have found is I had to get over this sense of finality. So for example, I, when I left Baxter to go to CCC Information Services, I told myself, look, this can just be a three-year thing. And that was a big deal because I had been with Baxter 13 years, a long time. The idea that the next stop could be shorter was actually like groundbreaking for me. Like I didn't have to make another 10-year commitment somewhere. But I had a little rule in my mind. You got to do at least two years. Who knows where that came from? But it was in my brain. (laughs) I wasn't going to just stop by. Um, And then I thought, well, you know what? I can do anything for two years. Truly. Truly, truly, truly. So I, I guess I created my uh, an escape valve, so to speak. So if I took the leap and I went for my two years, and I think if I was truly suffering, I probably would have shortened that and negotiated with myself. But I felt like you don't know enough until you've experienced it. But I gave myself an out, so to speak. So if I if it wasn't what I thought it was going to be or ended up being different or potentially worse than the situation was in, I was okay moving on. So I think sometimes it's the expectations we set, the rules we create in our own brain about how long do I need to be there? (laughs) What, what has to be in that new situation for me to be okay with it? And so it's like coming up with your criteria in a way that allows the leap to happen, my experience. And so that's what I help people with is like, what's your criteria? How long do you think you would need to stay there? What do you want to learn from it? Yes, you're bringing, usually you want to make a change because you you don't want to do more of the same. Often we want to learn and grow. So what's that look like in, in your mind in the new area? And you got to weigh it. Right. You got to weigh pros and cons and and see. But I I like change. I forget that other people don't like changes. So I'm more willing to risk the leap than maybe some others might not feel as comfortable. You know, Stephanie, you raised a really interesting point. I was um, meeting with a young woman wrestling with a decision about whether or not to leave an employment situation where she's literally miserable, literally miserable. And um, she too, she's been there, I believe 12 or 13 years. And we got into the topic of loyalty, you know, and girls especially seem to be socialized around this loyalty thing, you know, never give up you know, mm-hmm. be strong, suck it up, stick it out. You know, it, it's, um, and I too, in the conversation with her, and I hope she listens to this podcast because um, she'll know who she is. You know, I, I suggested to her, I said, you know, if you make a move, do you have to commit for more than two or three years? What could that look like? for you and what experience would you want to take from that? You know, what, what's the thing that you, you could learn or you'd like to learn just stepping out into this new space after being comfortable for a good long period of time. Right. And that was almost a refreshing bit of 
news for her. It was like, oh, you mean I can change and not sign up for life? Like, this is not the last thing I'm going to do. And I think that's such an important message that people just get stuck in their mind that, you know, just taking a new job and a new experience, you're, you're signing on for life. And that's not the case. Yeah, I would agree. And I think though sometimes in the benefit side of it, it's depicted that way, right? Oh, you're going to lose your options. You're going to lose. So you feel like, well, I better keep staying. I, I had conversations with, well, I have a pension coming. Thank goodness for them. They don't really exist that much anymore. But I, I've talked with some people who have um, roles in the government and they are literally miserable, but hanging in there because they have this pension coming. And so I, I said to one person, you know, how much more service do you need? And she said eight years. And I said, are you willing to be miserable for eight more years for that pension? You know, and that, and it's just more putting it out there to say, how much of your life will you lose out on because you're so unhappy? Um, yeah, does and, that, guess, and there's, there's research to suggest that that shortens your life. So if you stay there for eight more years, yeah, you'll have that pension money, but will, will you live a shorter life as a result of it? Could be, could be. And I've actually taken roles for the change that were laterals. Some I went a little backwards in salary and benefits, but for me, um, it, it just made sense given the time in my life. One in particular, I was um, starting a family. And I, before that, I'd had a global job. I was traveling to Europe quite a bit. Um, crazy, you know, extended days with India, you know, at night and, and all of that. And then when I realized that I was um, older, you know, 38, 39, wanting to start a family, I didn't want to have all that global responsibility. So I went what some people thought was a really weird move. <laughs> to go to CCC Information Services, small company, domestic, a little bit backwards in salary, but it was perfect because I ended up with twins. And so I could still have a career and work while I wanted to be a mom. And so it's many factors that feed into what we want happening in our lives. And right now, thank goodness, I'm taking care of my 84-year-old mom. And I have 16 and a half year olds. So I'm one of those I'm caretaking. So I work out of my home. I have a lot of flexibility and thank goodness, because I have to take her to medical appointments. I need, you know, so I feel so grateful. I have absolutely taken a backward step salary wise, leaving corporate, no doubt about it, more uncertainty from a benefits perspective, but I feel like I'm being given this gift of time with my mom that I wouldn't trade. And so, you know, it was just one of those universe decisions to say, you're going to do this and you'll figure the rest out. And that to me is getting back to what's important to you, knowing what's important to you at that time, whether it's, I'm going to be a mom. Now I'm going to caretake, you know, do some caretaking for my mom who's 84, or I wanted to be more available to my kids, et cetera. But I'm so glad I have the flexibility now of not going into a workplace just is what I need. Well, I think that's a really great way to look at the, the seasonality of our lives and the different places that we end up in the different things that, 
the different things that we need at different times. And just being able to take that step back instead of just charging ahead blindly because this is what we're supposed to do and this is what we, you know, we're supposed to want to move up the corporate ladder and get the next promotion and take the next job and do the global experience and earn more money and being able to take those opportunities to pause and say, okay, wait a minute, what season of life am I going into right now? What are the things that are really important to me? And where am I going to get the best opportunity to do the things that are really important to me and participate in a lot of different things? And I know in my own life, I have been in a role where I was maybe working 20, 25 hours a week. It was a full-time role, but I was getting what done what I needed to get done. And it allowed me to do a lot of other things at that point in time. Um, and just knowing that that was important to me and being okay with the less money, the less responsibility while those other things were going on, I think made a lot of sense to me at the time. And, and I think helping people understand that there will be seasons, there will be change. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that I know we, we haven't talked about this yet, but the phrase quiet quitting gets under my skin so much is because that's not it. To me, it is about the ebb and flow of those seasons of your life of saying, now I I'm, I'm happy. I'm energized. Things are going really well outside of work. I can dedicate a hundred percent at work versus, Mm -hmm. you know, things are crazy outside of work and I need a break and I'm feeling exhausted. So guess what? You might only get 80% at work instead of a hundred percent, but I'm still meeting my commitments. I'm meeting the expectations. I'm doing what's required of me. I'm just not going above and beyond constantly too, right? And so recognizing those ebbs and flows, I think is extremely important. Yeah, and I would say some of it, it just economically makes sense. And I know that sounds funny, but um, maybe things have changed in two years. But when I was looking at annual merit budgets and discretionary effort might get you 0.5% more in your annual (laughs) increase. Yet, if I direct that effort into my family, wow, that, you know, being around for my teenagers when they get off the bus, they actually still kind of like me being around. I'm milking that (laughs) because I don't know when they're not going to want me around. But I think, you know, there is some of it where, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s, the discretionary effort really paid off. I mean, bonuses, I mean, I'm talking the 80s now and 90s. Um, you could really see some significant returns. Um, and I was without kids and I was married, but, you know, had a lot of flexibility and doing the dual career thing and, you know, all of that good stuff. And then as the season changed to, um, you know, maybe we do, I mean, we lived overseas, we moved to Germany, we lived there for three years, I supported countries in Europe, I mean, was an expat, amazing, amazing experiences. And then it was like, well, okay, now we're in a different phase. We want to have a family. So I'm going to make different decisions at that point. And I think that to me is highly empowering. So when I think about uplifting or empowering people is for me to be really intentional about what is my life like right now? What is the season that I'm 
in what's going to be the most important thing to me. And I might make the choice that has everybody else scratched in their heads, which I've had a couple of those. And, but it makes complete sense to me and my family or my situation. And that's what matters, right? And that to me is truly authenticity is to say, I'm going to take the road less traveled. <laughs> I'm going to do what others think is maybe a little crazy, but it's absolutely working for me. And, you know, I, I just have a mantra. I just want to live in comfort and joy. I get to define what comfort is, right? What level do I need on a daily basis to be comfortable? And I'm starting to rekindle what brings me joy. I think I, I, I love the arts. I love to sing. I love music. And I'm getting more engaged in that again, whereas there was a season where I didn't make time for that. But what I love about having an umbrella statement like that and I do encourage every person, every woman to have an umbrella statement at the end of the day, what's the, what matters to you the most. And for me, it's live in comfort and joy. You might have other things, but, and then all your decisions about how you choose to live your life ladders up to that. So is what I'm doing, allowing me to have the comfort that I need. And that helps you through the uncertainty. And is it bringing me joy or if I, it can't be joyful, like I get it. There's parts of every day and job that are not joyful. I guess. <laughs> I'm not, I'm realistic, but for the most part is a given day or week. Do you have moments of joyfulness or things that bring you joy in that? And I will tell you, I had years where I don't think I was feeling a lot of joy. People said to me when I, when I left, and again, I needed that cocooning, like you said, Holly. Um, I was talking with somebody I hadn't talked with in a while, and they said, oh, my gosh, it is so nice to hear you laugh again, Stephanie. I haven't heard you laugh in a really long time. And I went, oh, that's really sad to me. <laughs> but, but but at the same time, how powerful, right? Right. Right. And thank goodness. But I can imagine when I wasn't being authentic to me, I'm not laughing because I'm like just trying to get by being something else. So I think, um, I don't know. It just, and then I think, well, gosh, Stephanie, did it take you to get to be 55 before you figured this out? And then I'm like, you know what? It was just the way it was meant to happen for me. You know, if you can figure it out in your 30s, great. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. you. Know, I think that's amazing. <laughs> but you know, Stephanie, we started this conversation off with a really interesting concept, the rise in feminine power, right? And the rise in feminine power, I sometimes feel has been stalled because as a society, we're all exhausted. Mm -hmm. You know, think about the lost energy for you as a single individual in this world. And if we all just step back to take the time to take our energy back and, and repurpose that energy for doing more good in the world and lifting others up and taking leadership roles to change some of our societies challenges and issues these days 
How powerful could that be? So, you know, I'm going to challenge all women, take back your energy so Mm -hmm. you can repurpose it for the things that are really important to you, that really matter to you in your life and, and for your family as well. And, um, you know, this is just a wonderful story and it's come kind of full circle. Uh, we started off with power and it kind of feels like we're, we're ending with energy and power, which is fantastic. Absolutely. I would agree, Holly. And I think, um, we get to choose where we put our energy every moment, every day. Now, I did a lot of, I should do this. I should do that. And those are somebody else's rules. They're not my rules. And so I would say if we're at the point where we are feminine power rising, we get to start to choose, if you haven't already, where you want your energy going, where you want your mind share going, what is important to you and where do you want to direct your energy and try to minimize What's draining your energy, whether it's being inauthentic, doing stuff you think you're supposed to be doing, because that makes you whatever, a good parent, a good neighbor, a good daughter, a good aunt, whatever. What about what you want to (laughs) do? And it's lighter no matter what. And and here's the thing that uh, one of my mentors in the last two years said to me. If you need to make a decision, put your hand on your heart and say, you know, ask yourself the decision. And if you give an answer and your heart feels heavy, it is not aligned. It is not authentic to you. If it feels light, it's aligned and it's authentic to you. If you're not sure, you might need a little more information, (laughs) but a clear, heavy Like you say yes to something and then you immediately feel heavy. It's heavy energetically because it's not aligned with you and your authenticity. So just use the heavy and light. That is like my go-to. Now, might I make a decision that's heavy? Yes, I might. But I walk into that eyes wide open that I said yes to that. Yes, I felt an obligation. Yes, I'm doing that. But I'm choosing that versus lightness. So heavy and light decisions at your heart, and then you'll know what's authentic to you and what isn't. And that is wonderful advice. I think it is a a great way to be able to reflect on that. And Stephanie, as we look to wrap up here, where can our listeners find you? And what are some things that you'd like to make sure that you've shared with them? Where can you find me? Okay, so I um, I have a free Facebook group for women, Positive Change Acceleration for Women Leaders. And leaders to me is we're all leaders if we choose not to be a victim. So my criteria is highly and very broad. <laughs> so you're welcome to come to that uh, free Facebook group. I post content, et cetera. Um, I also have a business page in Facebook. I do have an Instagram account. um, And so I'm starting to put a lot of content out there, a YouTube channel. And my business is Positive Change Acceleration. 
My website is positivechangeacceleration.com. And that's really the main way that you can reach me. And I do um, one-on-one coaching. I do energy healing. So I have learned to be an energetic healer. And I also recently launched a program. It's a self-directed learning program um, about take your power back. And a lot of it has to do with energy, our conversation today. Um, and it's a self-paced program, like a digital program with recordings, et cetera. And so that's available as well. And you can find you can find how to get to it on my website. Great. Great. Thank you so much. And Stephanie, I really want to thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm about taking back our power and our energy as women and sharing your story that many people might be able to relate to. And I just really want to express gratitude in you being here with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you.